Welcome to another hard-hitting episode of Customer Cafe by Calabria. Calabria is a tool that turns good account managers into great account managers through the power of great collaboration. A great account manager is a team player. This podcast is made for those in sales, customer success, and account management as a place to caffeinate, ideate, and collaborate. Subscribe now for the latest brew. Let's hit the grind. Welcome to the show. My name is Manafa. I'm the VP Growth at Calabria. My name is Sharon. I am the Senior Community and Content Manager also at Calabria. Um, and we're joined today by Hillary Black. And before I introduce her, I just want to say again, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you are in sales or account management or something customer facing, um, and you deal with inbound emails all the time. We are building an app that is meant for you. Um, and it's a way for you to collaborate with your team on top of your inbound emails. Uh, it's a comment bar on the side of your email inbox uh, where you can tag anyone. You get full transparency and visibility with your team. You see what everyone sees what each other is working on. Um, and it's a great way to answer inbound emails. If you want to be a design partner, if you want early beta access, totally for free. We're not selling anything yet. Uh, we just want your feedback. Please come to collaborate.com, sign up for a beta. Um, now, without any further ado, uh, we have joining us today, Hillary Black, the head of marketing, <laughs> head of marketing and conversation design at Nav, uh, founder of Conversation Designer Jobs, content creator, community host, and career coach. And she speaks at many conferences that she'll talk to us about. Hillary, thanks for joining us in the Customer Cafe. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you guys today. We're excited to have you. Uh, first question, obviously, just has to be, what is conversation design? Yeah, um, it's a very common question. So essentially, especially for, you know, some of the content folks out there, uh, conversation design is essentially content design or UX writing for conversational interfaces. So what those are, are voice apps, chatbots, uh, mobile app, chat interfaces, anything where a user is interacting with an automated uh, message. So, you know, anytime that you are chatting with a robot, there is a person who is writing what that is saying um, and sort of directing what's what's going on with that. So that is uh, what conversation design is. So you're you're not it's not a, a chatbot platform, uh, but you're a consulting service that that builds those conversations into chatbots. Do I understand that correctly? So a conversation designer is just a member of a team who would be working on chatbots. So it's kind of just the person in the room who is responsible for writing and sort of designing that experience that a user is going to be going through. And that is for any uh, any of those types of experiences you see at any company, uh, not just specific to what I do personally. Okay. And I mean, all over the news lately, uh, talking about AI, machine learning, and, you know, chat. No, yeah, really three. likes to talk about AI. And I love AI. Nobody else does. <laughs> uh, Many people do in my industry, so. And yeah. we're, all, we're all trying to figure out what jobs are about to be obsolete. So, you know, Sharon and I run a account management focused podcast. And you're telling me, I think, that salespeople are about to be put out of a job. 
by these chatbots. Uh, no, um, I mean, that's a definitely <laughs> a common concern, obviously. And I think that especially in regards to Chad GPT, like what people need to know is it cannot just do whatever, whenever perfectly. Like we have seen in many TV commercials or, you know, ads <laughs> that this is not entirely accurate. And so that's one thing to keep in mind, especially if you are a any person who is concerned about your job, um, especially as a person who like, it's my job to actually write that content. And so seeing a AI write that content is obviously something that people have been a little bit concerned about. Um, however, maybe you're, maybe you're going to get put out of a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, however, as with anything um, that might seem easier, you know, it's not like once Canva was created, every graphic designer was put out of a job. So there still needs to be human intervention. And you can't just kind of give a computer the controls and allow them to just do and say anything. Um, and so there's a lot that kind of still is going into the strategy aspect of it, maintaining the language models, like still designing that experience, because like even using ChatGPT, it still needs to know what to do. Um, so there still needs to be a person who's kind of telling them what to do. And for salespeople specifically, because that was your question, um, I think that it is more to be used as a tool as opposed to be used as a replacement for a person. So even if, and you know, the company that I work for, we specifically do sales experiences. So we do things that are scheduling, onboarding, um, you know, all of these types of like qualifying things that an SDR would do. But what we're doing by replacing those types of tasks is allowing those people to be doing other things. So it's just kind of like freeing up the time of the manual busy work that you don't want to be doing and then mm -hmm. therefore allowing you to spend more time with customers who are already qualified instead of spending your day on the phone with people who just aren't interested and aren't qualified. Um, you know, you still have to go through your list. So wouldn't you rather have that list be shorter and ready to close as soon as you talk to them. So you're making this deal more efficient. Yeah. I mean, I think I would like to think that we're, we're making them, um, you know, able to enjoy their jobs a little bit more. Yeah. It's much more fun to have people answer the phone and not want to hang up on you. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they can Very hang up on tape. your robot yeah. or they can, you know, they can just tell your chatbot that they're not interested. And then that's one less conversation that you have to have. And that's one, you know, part of your time. That's 12 minutes that you don't need to waste um, by having that conversation with them. Yeah, but the salesperson, you know, an SDR might not take no for an answer. They might keep trying. How persistent <laughs> chatbots get. I, I mean, they definitely can continue to follow up and continue to sort of give those value propositions. But I would say that, you know, if a person doesn't want to buy something, I don't think really any amount of convincing can make them want to buy. And if you're forcing them to buy, you know, that's probably not not the the situation that you want to be in as a company anyways. Give us a, give us an idea of like what what fields the, the chatbot would cover. Like what percentage of the, you know, what percentage of the conversations you're designing are sales focused and what else gets covered? Sure. So in my situation, 
100% of the conversations are related okay. to sales activities because that's what our company does. Um, however, that's not the case for every company. Um, and so I think, you know, there's typically a blend. And I would say that like customer support is the thing mm -hmm. that comes to mind most obviously for everyone who has ever interacted with a chatbot. It was probably for some type of support, whether it was on the phone or website or wherever it was. Um, so that is a, a large portion of what people are are working on. And then you also have things like, you know, let's not forget about voice because that is also a part of this, that you are interacting with Alexa, Siri, Google Home. Those are all things that are kind of utility-based. Um, and so these are things that you're sort of programming and you're having very short interactions with them. Um, and that is kind of another like portion of, of the industry, I guess. And then, you know, we have things that are related to sales and that could be anything from um, top of the funnel or it could be things like customer loyalty and kind of that ongoing promotions and things that are more um, sales slash marketing, I would say. Um, so really, it can be anything. Uh, it's kind of what your organization wants to focus on and then just making it strategic the same as how you would if you were starting a blog or if you were acti activating a social media channel. You are going to have a reason why you're doing that in that place in that way. And chatbots are the same thing. It's funny you bring that because I was wondering if Siri, you know, thinking about chat GBT, we've had versions of this where it became like a game, like Try to trick Siri. <laughs> like my kid, that's yeah. great during COVID. That's a great babysitter. That's <laughs> good. Like there's so many great learning moments. Um, so conversation design is involved both with text types of chatbot situations and also calling or whatever. How different are those conversations? Like what are some of the main differences between the design or the approach between the two? Yeah. So especially when we're talking about like Siri and Alexa and things like that, they are using a lot more of these like chat GPT, large language models like AI, because a person can't sit down and like write every single response to every single question that a person's going to ask. Right. Um, so there is a lot more, I would say, like AI driven experiences that have a team of, you know, 50 people who are all working on this and trying to come up with the best ways that they can be um, taking in that information and the different ways that people are asking the same question and sort of doing a lot more data management type of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so so there there is that part of it. And then I think that, you know, there also is when you're talking about like an IVR, which is on the phone where a person's pressing a button and doing all that, that is a lot more like traditional uh, conversation design. I, that's like where the field originated really is mm -hmm. these types of experiences where you need to program a system to be able to interpret specific questions and answers and then give a result to someone. And so the, those are what we call rule-based experiences. So it's something where it can only do what it says that it can do. Like an IVR can't answer every single question in the world the way that Siri can, uh, but that's not what it's designed to do. So it's designed to only know what it knows. And a mm -hmm. lot of chatbots out there are still that way, 
Um, and then some are a combination of, of the two. So they are utilizing some of these intents and they are utilizing some different, um, you know, predictions, I guess. And they also are using these like specific paths that a designer has created that a person is going to go down. It's funny that you mentioned IVRs because like, that's to me just a classic example of chatbots gone wrong. I, you know, I'm always, you know, you call the bank and it's just like human, 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 agents, agents. You know, yeah. I want to talk to a real person. Before um, I jump, yeah. <laughs> and like, how do you avoid that sort of like just frustration with a, a user? I, I like if I don't like interacting with chatbots. How do you reach yeah. a person like that? Well, so the reason and and the situation you're describing is you don't like it when it doesn't work as intended. So if you were right. to call an IVR and it said, you know hello at like it knew your name it knew why you were calling you know sometimes you'll call an insurance company and it's like hey i see that you're calling like welcome back let's access your cow like it will kind of go through different experiences that do have a little bit more information about you but additionally it's kind of the company that is utilizing these IVRs, they need to understand like, why is a person calling and how can I very quickly get them through these steps? So there's a big, I guess, initiative, I would say within the conversational AI industry to actually make those more modernized. So not get rid of them and say, we're only going to have text messages and we're not going to have phone calls, but make them more conversational. So a lot of times it will say, you know, in a few words, what are you asking for today? It almost never works. And that's where your frustration is coming from. It's not the fact that the system exists in the first place. It's that you're trying to do something and it is forcing you to go down a path that's not what you want. And then the only way for you to get around that is to like talk to a human. But there could be a lot of scenarios where you can resolve your issues without having to talk to a human because people don't want to do that either. No one wants to get on the phone with someone at an airline and like go through their whole life story. They want to just take care of what they're doing and be done and move on with their day. So it's sort of both in that the companies need to better design these situations so that people can get to where they want to go as quickly as possible um, and then additionally, just kind of making sure that they are taking into account all of the information they already have about you, as opposed to just asking you to repeat every single detail when they don't need that information. I have to say, I've lost my credit cards, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and today. And today it's so much better because yeah. like 20 years ago. I don't even know what I did. There was no, I didn't have a cell phone. You have to like yeah. go in, like you go <laughs> to, to go a to bank and you're like, right? or you mail in or fax. And then ten years ago, you had to remember the number still, and I didn't have that. Like you had to know what number to call, and I didn't have a smartphone, or did I? Maybe I did. I don't know. But then recently, I just went on a trip recently, and I knew like ninety nine point five percent that my credit card was in my jacket from the other day. But like just in case, it was a responsible thing to just either cancel it or put it on hold and yeah with this automation um and like a, the chatbot type feature i was able to choose do you want to just suspend your credit card for a bit i'm like and i pressed a button i didn't yeah. talk to anyone and i just 
grabbed my husband's wallet and kept going. Like it was I, really- I guess that. I guess I just yeah. haven't lost my credit card recently. So maybe my experiences <laughs> are, are going back to I can to help far. you with that. Yeah. No, but like, I, 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 like, I think places that maybe don't take data into account, like I'm sure like what happened to me is a common thing. And yet back in the day, that meant a very long process, but there were like three or four top options and that was one of them. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's yeah. Wait, but how did chatbots become your thing? Is it, did you lose your credit card? <laughs> <laughs> uh no I didn't lose my credit card I would I do like to say that like I'm not sure if you remember Smarter Child like the AOL yes for Smarter Child so wow. I like to say that that kind of like began my interest back when I was in you know middle school probably um but I think that and that's the funny thing about Smarter Child as well is that we're acting like chat GPT is this amazing new thing. And like that was kind of the same thing. So no, it's but it not didn't know anything. It didn't know, it didn't have access to knowledge. It would like it yeah. to be like a kid it was made by thing. someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but still it was a similar concept. So I think that, you know, just keep that in mind if you think that this technology is as advanced as it will ever be. Um, it's not, but so, you know, I have a background in social media and I, because of that, I have always loved the internet. I've always loved branding and I have loved kind of just like building brands and doing things online. So I was working as a social media manager for like 10 years, um, for a variety of different brands and working in, um, you know, digital content as well. And then in 2016, I was working at the social media app Vine, which I'm not sure if you remember it, Um, but it no longer exists. And so that is why, um, you know, that was sort of existed for six seconds and then went away. Yeah. So um, I unfortunately got laid off when the company shut down. um, And instead of finding another job and just kind of like going back into another brand, I just decided to go freelance and start working on my own as, um, you know, at the time, social media manager, strategist, doing a variety of different things. Um, And one of my clients was a mobile app development, like consultancy. So they built websites and mobile apps. um, And one of their customers at the time was like, hey, We just got off uh, the phone with our Facebook rep and they told us about this thing called messenger chatbots. Like, can you figure this out for us? And can you make us one? And it was like a retail brand. So they kind of wanted to be a part of the the beginning of, you know, getting a chatbot before anyone else did back in 2017. Um, And so being a person who was very used to writing social media copy, it kind of made a lot of sense to me to, to just like, you know, jump in and say, how can I make this experience kind of just like a brand experience? Um, So they asked me to, to write it. And at the time, I didn't know that conversation design, that's what that was. (laughs) And I didn't really know like, what chatbots were um, too much. There were some, you know, website ones, but I had the same opinion. I thought they were all lame, and I didn't like them. Um, So that was my first, I guess, sort of experience designing a chatbot. And then from there, they just got a lot more business making chatbots and so I was sort of just a part of that um and just went along with it and and through that I sort of started researching you know what what is this like what is you know writing for chatbots like what are the best practices like 
all these things I didn't know because of course, even though I had like relevant experience, I wasn't an expert by any means. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I did find then that there were, you know, some books and there were some experts in the field who had been working in it for a long time, but I didn't see a lot of like content about that. I didn't see a community about that. So I just decided to start my own uh, because I figured there has to be other people like me out there who are working on this. And it turns out I was right. And there were. So uh, then I started my Facebook community called Conversation Designers Internet Club. And now we have like, I think like 3000 people in it. But you know, six years ago, it was like 10 people. Um, so it's been very interesting to kind of see how the industry has changed. And more and more over time, I became more interested in pursuing conversation design and kind of contributing to that community and less interested in being a social media manager. Um, it's still something that I do and I still work in marketing, but um, it's not my like top passion at this time, I would say. Do you agree uh, or think that chatbots or your role is a part of the field of sales? So yes and no. Um, I do think, and I keep saying that like my situation is a little bit different than everyone um, because it is that I am working to build digital assistance for sales people. So like it is kind of in sales in that way. Uh, but I have always considered, and this could be because of my background, um, that conversation design is more in marketing than it is in sales. So it is more about the brand and it is more about the story. And it's more about kind of like the content and like filling those brand guidelines and everything like that. Uh, the utility may be for sales, but I consider it to be more um, marketing than I do or like creative than I do to be as a part of sales. But it's interesting because it's, you know, I, 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 I think a lot about the handoff between marketing and sales. Um, and that's, you know, a lot about what, what, what we're building here at Calabria is kind of also lives in that space. Um, and usually after the lead is generated and it's kind of being communicated, communicated with on a one-on-one -on -one basis, um, I feel like that's already part of the sales team and that the chatbot is more of an extension of the sales team than a one-to-many element of your marketing team. Yeah, but that is if you're talking about lead generation experience. If you're talking about customer support experience, it is sure. like a little bit different. So it, it does sort of depend on the use case and it could be a marketing experience too. It could be those sort of like promotional marketing things, or it could just be like brand building. So it kind of depends on the experience itself. Um, and I don't find that at most, especially like enterprise companies that the conversation designers and that the chatbot like team sits inside of sales. It usually is like its own entity. And it for the longest time was always in those like, innovation teams um, yeah or it's in like product or something like that and it, of course it really depends on what the brand is but I think that sales typically is kind of just the receiver of the leads and they are kind of like just benefiting from this and they're and they're obviously collaborating with the conversation designer to say this is my sales script this is what I say to people on the phone like can you make this into 
an automated conversation, but they are not making the decisions of like, how is our company going to be interacting with users uh, in this manner as it relates to sales? Because obviously they have a very different interest level than like the company's reputation has. Right. So I guess what what I would want to understand about the place of chatbots in the you know in the sales marketing in the marketing and sales funnel, um, obviously you wouldn't trust a chatbot to handle you know the very bottom of the funnel like you know here's the contract uh, you know yeah. close the deal, um, and you would trust the chatbot for very very top of the funnel you know just converting a website visitor into like one more information, you know, give me your email address and I'll, I'll send you some, you know, some, some more info, but you know, between those two extremes is a big gray area and where, how far, how far down that can chatbots take and where do you think we're headed in the next five or 10 years? Yeah, I think some of this kind of depends on which platform you are using a chatbot on. So say in your example, if it's a website widget, you can't continue that conversation with this user once they cross a certain point. And that point is like closing out the website browser or like becoming in a different stage of sales. They kind of just end that cycle but I design primarily for SMS and with SMS, you can continue that conversation. Sure. So while you may focus a lot in what, like, especially in sales and lead generation chatbots are the best for that lead intake and for that qualification and scheduling and all of the upfront things where there's a lot of back and forth. And the tasks are very simple. It's kind of like, hey, I'm busy today. Can I move it to this other day? And and all these things, like, can I get more information? And things that you have a concrete answer to. But you can still go a little bit further down the funnel. And even when you are in those ending stages, you could use your chatbot to remind a user about documents. You're not necessarily saying, hey, sign this. But you're saying, hey, you have not signed this. Here's the link to go do it. So there's a lot of utility in that in-between time. And then additionally, you know, once a person has expressed interest, they are going to probably take a long time to actually get to a point where they are interested. They've talked to a person. Now they're in the decision phase. And that phase, once they've like already had a phone call with a sales rep, but they have yet to like sign their intent to do whatever they're doing. Um, those are times where you can be following up with the person. You can be sending them additional content or additional reminders, and you can be keeping your business top of mind with that user. And you don't have to be sending a bunch of emails or, you know, manually texting them or calling them. You can just kind of have it be scheduled for you. As soon as a sales rep like goes into their CRM and says, yes, I talked to this person, yes, they are interested, then you can kind of like bring it back up. But that's something, like I said, it's, it is more um, geared towards SMS as a platform or like a mobile app uh, chat interface than it is towards um, a website chatbot. For customer support, I mean, it's funny because I, th- I think we're being limited when it comes to sales in some ways because yeah, when we think about annual, you know, retaining customers, getting that support is key and 
like I personally found places like Amazon and even like local grocery stores, whatever, you know, during COVID, we do more and more online grocery deliveries to be able to like have it through a text where I don't have to wait on the phone call when someone's busy, even if it's a human. Yeah. <laughs> so whether or not it's, you know, um, just having the comfort of knowing that I'm not going to lose the conversation. If I close out the tab, like you're not, there's something to be said about the the ease and the comfort of going about your day and you're randomly as, as they are, you're, or they are, yeah. um, you know, responding to those texts. That's, that's a, it's a game changer for, for my personal customer experience. So I wonder if yeah. is there data on this? Is there data on, you know, how it's, how it helps with retaining customers or, or, or closing those initial deals? I'm curious. Um, I mean, I'm sure there is, but not that is like a, a very easily referenced study or anything because these experiences are still so new. And so we can definitely say, and, you know, companies like Twilio or like HubSpot or like the different platforms that are providing these like vendor services, they mm -hmm. can look at their data and see that people are sending X amount of messages or people are, you know, replying to messages like this amount of time later, but it's not kind of like a standard uh, amount, I guess. Fair. Uh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking back also, uh, I just this week I sent out um, some laundry. I, you know, I, I, I do laundry and dry it, but I refuse to iron anything. Um, so I just had a whole bunch of shirts. You can tell I'm just wearing a t-shirt now, even though it's like 13 years now. Um, and when I submitted it on the website, they like sent a text message with like information on like, so when should we pick it up? And then yeah. I, I actually didn't realize it at first that I was speaking with a robot. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because SMS is the least talked about of all of these platforms like people spend a lot of time talking about voice obviously because the major tech companies like that's what they're doing um but even amazon too they they do send you text messages and, mm -hmm. and i do think that sms is something that feels a little bit more old school because you can do it on even a non-smartphone but there is uh, something special about that in two that they already have your information. They can text you and even next week they could say, Hey, do you have any laundry? If you drop it off today, you save $5 or whatever, you know, there's, there's right, a lot right. of kind of like ongoing, um, support and like customer success, even that could be done for like a SaaS company, you know, they can be sending out these things and not every person wants to receive a text message from like their email provider, but some people <laughs> might find it helpful and, and they may find that channel to be something that is um, easier and better for them because they can do it at their own convenience. So you're not calling them on the phone and they can read those text messages at 2 a.m. if they if they want to and respond to them then if they want to. And I'll probably get a text message in like a month saying like, hey, haven't sent us any laundry in a while. Yeah. Maybe what, are you, what are you wearing? <laughs> I really mean, funny. if they, yeah, if they, if they're good at marketing, that is like, what they will be doing. <laughs> your friends have asked us to go back in touch with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're called Calaria, right? So we always like to, to, to talk about how your role in your field and your expertise, how do you, how does conversation design interact with the company writ large? Like, how do you, how do you collaborate actually? 
Um, so there's definitely a lot of collaboration that happens in conversation design, whether you're a team or you're individual, um, and no matter what type of organization you're working at, you kind of have to like go collect all of the information that you need. So for that, you're going to be interacting with a lot of people. And, and it's not just about going to the sales team and saying, Hey, I need your sales scripts um, that you're using on phone or email so that I can turn those into a chatbot. You kind of are going to them first to say like, what are the biggest problems that you're having? You know, what are these like pain points and what are the issues that you're having? Where are the most common places where people are dropping off in your funnel? Um, these are all kind of like ways that you could collect this information to then solve those problems with a chatbot. So you can say like, what are ways that we can turn this into something that solves that problem and then it passes it off to something else. So that's kind of like the sales aspect of it. And then additionally, you know, a lot comes into the performance. And so like the business as a whole and whether that's the executive team or the product team or, or whatever it is, um, you know, you need to be able to say, how are we going to like measure the success of this? Or like, how are we going to advocate for like getting budget for this project? Like, what do I need to show these people so that they better understand it because they don't know anything about it and they think that chatbots suck and they don't hate, they hate them, you know? So I think that there's a lot um, of education that's kind of going into that. And then you could also be collaborating with your editorial team or your brand or marketing or whatever it is inside of your organization just to see like how does conversations function across our entire organization. So how are we having conversations via email? How are we having conversations via social media? And how can we make that feel the same in a chatbot? And we're not just going to like slap a chatbot on our website and use whatever copy comes with it, we're going to actually make this a part of our brand experience. And that's a really important um, aspect of it too. So I think that there's just, it kind of can touch every team because even support too, if you have a support experience, you're going to want to chat with your reps and say, for one, what are the most common um, you know, questions that you're getting when people call in? But then also, if we're going to be handing off to these reps, they need to know what we're going to be handing off to them, like what are these types of interactions are, how are we going to be plugging into all of the internal softwares to actually get that information to them. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of touch points across everything if you are correctly um, integrating conversational AI into your organization. You, you mentioned, you know, lo looking at metrics and deciding how you define success. What are the metrics that define success for a chatbot? So definitely performance-related um, metrics are things you're going to want to be looking at just to assess, like, as a whole. And I always say, too, when you're – especially if you're, like, a consultant or you are an outside organization and you are bringing a chatbot into a larger company – um, what are things that are within the chatbots like realm of control? So I can't necessarily say this chatbot's going to deliver you X amount of qualified leads per month because that's not up to the chatbot. That's up to like your lead quality and it's up to your product and everything. So there's a lot that's like not within the control. But what what is within the control is how many conversations did we have? How many messages did we send? 
what, you know, amount of messages per conversation are we having? Like, is it taking people five messages or is it taking them 20 messages to convert? Like, what is our conversion rate? Because those are things that can help you kind of see if your conversation that you're having, like your script is actually optimized and that people are moving through it. So you're looking at your total conversation volume and then how many people actually made it to the end, whether or not they converted and they were qualified or unqualified, just like the number of people who actually completed your experience and like had an outcome. So we'll measure a lot of things in like outcome rates. So that could just be like an outcome was reached and the outcome was either like yes or no. Um, but that's something that you can look at as well. And then also your like failure rates. So how many times are you having a conversation with the person in the chatbot doesn't know what to say? And it's kind of like giving an error message or it's failing or it's saying the wrong thing. Um, those are definitely things that you want to evaluate, especially for performance, because that is on you. You know, that is on either your technology or it's on your um, editorial, like your copy. So those are things that are your responsibility to to look very closely at to see that you are performing like at the, the peak that you can be. Um, so. Hillary, uh, we, we like to, to wrap up that podcast with a question about uh, how you got to where you are. Um, and, you know, we're all about personal development. We read lots of books. We listen to lots of podcasts. Uh, who do you read? Who do you follow on social media? What podcasts do you listen to? You know, how can somebody learn to be a better conversation designer? As far as conversation design... There are so many people in our industry who are putting out really excellent content. Um, personally, someone who I was inspired by early on that I still follow is named Kathy Pearl. Um, she is a, like works in conversation design at Google, and she sort of is like the godmother of conversation design, I would say. Um, so certainly her book is something that I read and I you know watch every video of hers. There is also a book that's called Conversations with Things, um, and it is by two conversation designers. So that's definitely a book that I would recommend for people who want to kind of know everything about it. Um, and I also just love to kind of like participate in the communities and learn from my peers. So whether that's my own community or like Women in Voice, um, it's definitely a very open community of people who are very willing to share their experiences. And in tech, it's kind of rare to find people who are so supportive of, of their peers. So it's definitely something that I um, love. And I also just love kind of like different mentorship communities. So one that I definitely want to bring up on this was ADP list. So if you don't know what ADP list is, it is kind of like a free mentorship platform. So you can meet with mentors about pretty much any topic as it relates to marketing, design, product. And there are conversation designers who are on there as mentors. Um, and so that's a very good professional development resource. They also have a lot of excellent blog posts and they have just a lot of really, really good content that I find very inspirational, especially professionally. So if you are looking for a job or you want to revamp your website, um, it's definitely a place to go and, and get some support from real people who are working um, in whatever field you happen to be in. That's great. And I'm going to add to that list, Hillary Black. Follow her in social media. Follow her on LinkedIn. 
attend conferences that she's speaking at. Um, and that's actually, that was a great list. We're going to include all of that on the, uh, the blog post that's uh, being released with this episode. And let's repeat the name of your community again also. Yeah, so my community on Facebook is called Conversation Designers Internet Club, and we can include the link uh, in the blog post. And I also have um, a lot of different content on my YouTube channel and then also a bunch of replays and meetups and and all types of things. Um, So that's definitely a place to go to. Awesome. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us in the Customer Cafe. Thanks for having me. This is super fun. Thanks for joining us for today's brew. Like what you heard? Let the world know. Leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Subscribe now so you never miss an exciting episode. See you soon.